To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is actually a blending of all the designated re- readings for this day. Uh, but just recall the words of Mark chapter 9, where Jesus says, Whoever wants to be the most important person must take the last place and be a servant to everyone else. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who saved us in all of his humility, my beloved. So look around. What do you see? Vicious political advertising. Iranian and North Korean nukes. Political fighting in Washington. Threats of terrorism mass shootings, and a polarized nation where fellow Americans actually hate one another. Sometimes you say to yourself, you know, I think it's time to punch out, to give up, to go away and just to hide in a hole somewhere. Seems like these days our thoughts, our eyes, Our ears are flooded with negativity. And along with it comes worry and fear and depression. What's going to happen to the world? And what's going to happen to me? And so it is that we come here once a week for an attitude adjustment. We flee to the feet of our Savior alone who can enlighten us with the truth and with reality. This morning, the truth of God's word moves us to look away from our world and to look at our world from, you might say, a different perspective, our world in life, from the perspective of humility. James, in his reading, says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will give you a high position. St. Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Now, you've got to know that humility is not a big uh, thing in our day and age. Don't let yourself get pushed around. We don't like bullying around here. Sometimes uh, humility is equated with low self-esteem or self-deprecation. That's not what Scripture means when it talks about humility. It's talking about willing submission and service to someone else. Now, the readings for this morning have to do with people who were suffering a whole lot of stuff. In fact, I would suggest a whole lot more than you and I suffer as we're watching uh, what's going on in our world today. Psalm 54, we only uh, used one line in the worship service this morning. Oh God, save me by your name. 
Actually, the whole designated psalm is 54, written by David. And defend me with your might, O God, hear my prayer and open my ears to the words from my mouth. Strangers have attacked me. Ruthless people seek my life. They do not think about God. God is my helper. You know, when David wrote those words, he was fleeing for his life. And he had been betrayed by his own clansmen wanting to lead him uh, into the hands of King Saul who wanted to kill him. Instead of taking revenge and matters into his own hands, he says, Lord, you'll save me. I'm placing my life in your hands. And then Jeremiah, we read this morning, I was like a trusting lamb brought to the slaughter. I didn't know what they were plotting against me. Jeremiah was one of God's prophets in Judah, preaching to the people, telling them, you have to turn back to the Lord. He's going to destroy you if you don't. And they didn't like listening to those words. And so they made a plot to try to kill him. They said, we'd like to wipe his name off the face of the earth. You know who was making those threats? Well, Jeremiah lived in the town of Anatoth, which is where the priests lived. And so his fellow priests were threatening to take his life. Jeremiah, David, suffering the threats of death. And then, of course, there's Jesus, the Lamb of God, who came into our world not to serve, to, uh, to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many, to suffer tortures that you and I could never imagine. And through it all, St. Peter reminds us Christ never verbally abused those who verbally abused him. When he suffered, he didn't make any threats but left everything to the one who judges fairly. So you think you got it hard with all your worries and your fears? Then think of Jeremiah and David and our Lord himself. That's suffering. Is it hard to live through tough times? I mean, let's face it, when you see this stuff and you're uh, fed it day after day after day, you've got to say to yourself, does God really know what he's doing? Why is he letting all this stuff happen? God knows exactly what he's doing. And he's reminding us every day that this place is only our temporary home and you're not going to be here forever and don't expect to. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. These things must happen, but they don't mean the end has come. Nation will fight against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these things are only the beginning pains of the end. Then they will hand you over to those who will torture and kill you. All nations will hate you because you are committed to me. Then many will lose faith. They will betray and hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because there will be more and more lawlessness, most people's love will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. Sound a little bit about what we're, like we're going through today? God knows exactly what he's doing. And he also knows, and we know, that many times adversity brings about repentance. 
and through it all and take a look at it, all the stuff that's going on in our world, remember the words of St. James, humble yourselves in the Lord's presence and then he will give you a high position. He's still in control. The second antidote for fear and worry that comes from humility is that when it comes to submission to the authorities that God has put in place. Nowhere in Holy Scripture does God give us permission to disrespect rulers that we don't perhaps, perhaps like. St. Paul reminds us, every person should obey the government in power. Therefore, whoever resists the government opposes what God has established. Those who resist will bring punishment on themselves. It's kind of interesting when St. Paul wrote those words. He didn't necessarily like the ruler. The ruler uh, was, uh, was Nero and, and a lot of other bad uh, uh, emperors. And they were killing Christians. And Christians had to run for their lives. Proverbs 21 tells us, The king's heart is like streams of water. Both are under the Lord's control. God uses earthly governments to carry out his will, and a lot of times we don't know what that will is. Way back in Holy Scripture, it tells us that God used the kingdom of Babylon and the Persian Empire to take God's people into captivity, but also to bring them back safely and rebuild their city so that a Savior could be born. God used mighty and corrupt Caesar Augustus to uh, send out a decree that all the world should be taxed. And for that reason, Jesus was born in Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. David could easily have killed King Saul. In fact, he had opportunity twice. He said, no, I don't want to uh, disrespect the authority. Let God handle it in his own way. Jeremiah was threatened by the king. He went to God and he asked God, work things out for me. And we think of Jesus standing in front of Pontius Pilate, respecting the authorities of the time. A third remedy or antidote for worry and fear and depression in this world of ours as we exercise humility is submission and service to others. Jesus reminds us today, whoever wants to be the most important person must take the last place and be a servant to everyone else. Then he took a little child and had him stand among them. He put his arms around the child and said to them, whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Jesus calls us into this world and gives us Christian humility so that we can submit and serve others. Jesus was willing to wash his disciples' smelly feet. Why did Jesus use the illustration of a child to exercise humility and submission to others because a little child as an infant through two years and three years demands a whole lot of care and it ain't easy and the the little kid doesn't pay you for all the effort that it takes to take care of them 
I remember when uh, my wife and I had our first baby. And that's a whole new experience. The first child, and you bring it from, hold from the hospital. And then in the middle of the night, and then you say, who's supposed to get up and take care of the child? I still remember memorizing my class uh, sermon while holding my daughter in the middle of the night in in uh, in the living room. And then there was the time, I think I've told the story before. Remember back the days, some of us, where there were cloth diapers, not disposable diapers? And you actually had to wash them out, you know, and wring them out. And, and we had an eight-gallon big tub of water in the hallway where after you rinsed the diapers, you put them in there until it was time to wash them. My wife is already smiling. And one time, and we will argue forever as to who got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and knocked over the eight-gallon uh, tub of, of uh, diaper juice. And so what we did was we spent most of the hours of the early morning cleaning up the mess from the kids. Child care is hard, serving others. One of the most important services in the world is bringing a little child to Jesus through baptism. One of the most important efforts and service Projects in the world is teaching a little child Bible stories. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I am Jesus' little lamb. He's got the whole world in his hands. You know, if the whole world was steeped in humility, it would solve all the problems of the world, service to others, submission to others. But we're not living in a utopia. That doesn't happen until we get to heaven. But in the meantime, you and I, Christians, given the wisdom of humility by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, have an antidote for the fear and the everyday frustration. Because we worship a humble Jesus who's still in control and the disciples didn't get it. Like a lot of people in the world don't get it. The disciples were arguing who was the greatest. When Jesus sets up his uh, palace in Jerusalem, I think I should be vice president. I I think I should be secretary of finance. Instead, Jesus washes their feet. Instead, Jesus carries a cross. Instead, Jesus dies humbly obeying his Father's will, humbling himself to the church authorities who beat him and and hit him, humbling himself to the state authorities who crucified him, hanging from the cross and still saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Whoever wants to be the most important person must take last place and be a servant to everyone else. Attitude adjustment. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He recognized that his heavenly father is always in control. 
Do any of you have wisdom and insight? James says, show this by living the right way with the humility that comes from wisdom. However, the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. Then it is peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good deeds, impartial and sincere. So place yourselves under God's authority. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Clean up your lives, you sinners, and clear your minds, you doubters. Humble yourselves in God's presence. Then he will give you a high position. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time.